Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. Well, I hope it'll be beautiful. July 6, 2020. We're recording this on Wednesday night before Thursday. He is Tristan H. Cockroft, slayer of myriad fantasy leagues. We're lucky enough to still have Kyle Soppy researching and producing for us. And I'm Eric Caraba. Why are you laughing? What's going on? Have you already won all your leagues? That is so well said, you know, because every time you say it's a beautiful morning, I'm thinking the song and I'm thinking it's a beautiful, we hope, morning. <laughs> I know it's like I, I, I normally say it, but it's actually eight o'clock on Wednesday night when we're recording the show. It's a beautiful except for the Yankees pitching staff evening. We're recording a show for the future and you put us in the past by saying it was July 6th. So we've got, July? Of, we've got a time situation here. <laughs> Oh my, oh. I did. I even wrote I wrote July down. Okay. Wow. We're not even looking at a July 31st taping for an August 1st. No, oh, what's going on here? All right, so it's August 6th. It's not July 6th. Sorry, everybody. But you don't care. All you want is fantasy baseball, information, analysis, trivia, hash browns, injuries, closer carousel. Injuries? No, no injuries. Well, there's too many of them to count. Let's start with uh, – what, what should we start with? Well, I mean, about an hour ago, Max Scherzer left the game uh, for the Nationals after one inning. And as of now, we don't know what's wrong, which is, I guess, one of the pitfalls of doing a show Wednesday night as opposed to Thursday morning. It might be nothing. It might be something. What do you think? <laughs> I think I'm scared to hear what the update is. Because I did see that note about how they had questions as to whether he would get through this game beforehand. That bothers me. I seem to recall another Scherzer start where that happened in the past, and then he missed some considerable time. So we went into the season thinking, well, we went into the full season thinking, remember back in February, that Scherzer was not going to make more than 30 starts because last year he didn't. He's a little older than most. And we thought there might be a, a, a situation where we're concerned about durability. And the Nationals should get Strasburg back next week. They might get him back in Scherzer's spot now, as opposed to having both of them. But the Nationals are good. So you have to think it's a little bit like, you know, like Houston. They just got to get their guys back in time for the playoffs. Right? So yeah, but they are. Yeah, the, the only catch with that is just that the division is competitive. I mean, frankly, from top to bottom, because the Miami Marlins were three to one at the time we're taping. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Did they have actually? They might have gotten the first uh, doubleheader game in. So, all right. So we don't know. We don't have an answer uh, on Scherzer. We'll deal with the Scherzer situation on Monday. That's just the way it is. We have to do the show on Wednesday night. Let's move. Juan Soto, by the way, debuted for Washington. Hit an RBI double in his first at bat. All is well, at least offensively, with Washington. The first Yankees Phillies game is over for the day. Um, Aaron Judge with a massive line drive homer against a lefty he should never have been facing in the first place. It's kind of embarrassing. Harper homered, Real Muto homered. Zach Wheeler looked just okay, only had two Ks. Uh, but Jay Happ had six walks. That's just ugly. Uh, they're playing game two now as we're watching there in the second inning. And, um, you know, so we'll see what happens with that if we get more information as we're doing the show. Lots has happened since our last show, which was on Sunday night. So we'll try to go relatively quickly here with the news so we can have some fun later on. Uh, Mike Soroka's season ended with a torn right Achilles on Monday night. That stinks. One of the best young pitchers in baseball. I wrote a story about it. Um, he wasn't in our top 20, mainly because of K-rate, but now he's done. And I believe some of next season will be compromised as well. This is like a nine-month injury, Tristan. So um, I haven't talked to you since we found out. So what is? I wrote that he will not be among our top 40 ranked starting pitchers 
Giancarlo Stanton just hit one into Kentucky. My goodness. Is that Stanton? No, that's uh, Luke Voigt. Um, I don't he think hit we one can. To Detroit. I don't think we can rank Soroka in our top forty, maybe even not top fifty. Now we'll get more clarity in February, but he's probably not pitching next April either. Wouldn't you expect? I would expect, and we might get a tremendously quick recovery and positive news during spring training. And boy, I would love that. I think he's a great young pitcher. I still think there's dynasty and dynasty and keeper and whatever you want to define it value. But the last guy I recall for this as a big name was Adam Wainwright. And he was on the quick side of recovering, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it was five months. Oh, well, Jason Grilly was like eight or seven. Um, he was on Atlanta five years ago. So it's rare though. That it's it there there are more cases of it you know, lasting longer there would be opening day than than quick recoveries. I would assume he's not making more than like 25, 26 starts would be my my over under, 25 and a half. Uh, so just be careful here. He's already not a strikeout guy. This is his push off leg as opposed to like when Grilly, it was his left leg. It's a rare injury for pitchers. Atlanta's got problems, man. Max Fried and Sean Newcomb are in the rotation, and that's it. Kyle Wright's look bad. Tuki Tassant. Maybe they'll bring up the kitty and Anderson, but – you know, Hamels is not going to pitch. They, they've got some issues on that rotation. And I think Washington is the best team in the division. Um, four but if Washington is their guys, huh? It's four fifths of the original projected rotation is now on the yeah. sideline. Yeah, yeah. Hamels, Fulton Nevis. I guess Fulton Nevis will get another chance at some point. But um, they've got issues there. And, uh, you know, for the most added list, if you want some starting pitchers, the top guys in order of the most added over the past week Cleveland, Zach Plesak, Tyler Chatwood, of course, Kyle Freeland. Um, Christian Javier of Houston, Alec Mills of the Cubs, who I'm not sold on completely yet. Merrill Kelly, I'm also not sold on. Nate Pearson, I don't know why he's not being added in more leagues. John Lester, I don't know why he's being added in as many leagues. Um, then Jordan Montgomery, Spencer Turnbull. So Aaron Savali, there's there's guys out there. And so you, you can replace these injured pitchers with Cleveland pitchers, Christian Javier, and some others. Um, also in Atlanta news, um, Ozzy Albies hit the, DL, the injury list today with, uh, what is it, a wrist injury? Um, that could be a problem because, you know, you need your wrist. So the, the, the rumor is that they just want to shut him down to see if he can get completely healthy. He won't throw or hit for at least a week. We don't know if this is going to be a month or if it's just going to only be a week. Um, so what are your thoughts on Ozzy Albies? I'm disappointed because I was such a big, big fan of him for the season. Um, I'd lean towards this being longer than a minimum stay. It is something of concern. As you said, even after his return, if it is something that is longer than 10 days, I worry about how quickly he's going to get back to full speed. Major problem there. And the worst part is there's not a lot there from that team that you can add that's going to benefit from his absence. Johan Camargo will now be an everyday player, I assume. Not Um, not exciting for fantasy, though. Nowhere in the same stratosphere. No, of course not. Um, You know, actually, the actionable thing here, although he's up to 80%, 87% roster, is Dansby Swanson will stay in the number two lineup spot, which I think is a big deal. He was batting like sixth um, until Albies got hurt and slumped. So you've got Dansby Swanson. This is good news for you because Acuna will hit. Freeman will hit. None of them are really hitting right now. Um, other injuries here. Um, the Otani situation, I guess, didn't crystallize until after our show. He's not pitching again this season. So in leagues where you separate Otani the hitter and Otani the pitcher, which is not ours, you're dropping, right? You're dropping Otani the pitcher. Like I have him in a, in a Yahoo. I dropped him already. Um, 
but the hitter should be fine. Um, he should be a potential five category guy. He could hit. He could hit two ninety. He could steal some bases. He's really good. But let me ask you this from a keeper standpoint here. I don't trust Otani the pitcher. He's thrown like he's going to end up throwing like eighty innings over like four years, Tristan. So why are we? I said this a year ago. Just make him a hitter. Just make him a DH. You know, or or let him play left field. You know, he he could probably be fine doing that. I, I I don't understand. Like I understand why they want him to be a pitcher and a hitter. He could he could generate huge value doing both. But he he could also be like a five or six WAR designated hitter if they just let him do that next year. But they won't. He could. Yeah. And and look, he would be locked in as an everyday player. That's a difference compared to what we've seen from him so far in the U.S. Uh, and I think he absolutely has the skills to be as it as a hitter. I'd say the the floor is a top seventy five hitter. The median range is probably a top forty hitter because he can steal bases. People don't give him enough credit for that. Frankly, for me, I would rather see him used as a Nick Anderson type, a, a short relief dynamo when the situation is right. I know that would be difficult to do in game if you have him as the designated hitter. He can warm up as easily, but I, I would really rather see him deployed in shorter outings if he's going to come back as a pitcher. I mean, I feel like we ranked Nelson Cruz and Jordan Alvarez originally until he got hurt as like number 40, 45 overall. I think if the Angels say next year in February that Otani is just a hitter, I might rank him like in the 40s. I think that's fair overall, not among hitters, like overall in the 40s. Now, my question to you would be, do you think that they will give us that kind of clarity before the year? Because I'm not I'm not so sure that's going to happen. No, I think they want him to do both. And, and, and you know, I, who am I to say? I mean, they know him better than I do. I just, from a fantasy aspect, if I thought he was getting 600-plus PAs, I would, ra- I would draft him in, like, round five. Yeah. If, if I think he's going to hit and pitch, I'll draft him in round 10. So, in a way, it's like he would have more value to me if he just did hitting. If he just did pitching, I would rank him in, like, round eight. I don't know. Like, isn't that weird? Like, there's three different scenarios yeah. here. Yeah. All right. See, in, in our game, though, we place the premium on him because you can mix and match every single day's assignment for Shohei Ohtani. Um, and he's got less value elsewhere, which is why I would agree with you as a 10th round pick. But I just don't think we're going to get enough clarity. I think I'm going to have to actually see him pitching in spring games before I can make a judgment on his pitching value to me. Can't see him ranking fair. I can't say I'm ranking higher than 60 for me off but, the off But the you bat. do dynasty rankings. Would you if you could reach if you could adjust them right now, would you move Otani up or down or nothing? Down. Without question down. Probably about 40, 40 or so spots. And you already had him at like number 50, didn't you? I think I had him higher than that. I think I had him around 30. I was 30, very okay. pro Otani. Remember, okay. he's a young he's a young player who at the time had a Tommy John surgery in the rear view. And well, there have been some good, not 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 twenty year success stories, but you know five to eight high level years. He's a young player whose arm was used a lot in the, in Japan. So I don't want to say he's a young player because he's really not to me. I don't care what his age is. His body's his body's age is different. We're, but I've got to ask we we would be singing a different story. If he threw 97 in his first outing, 97 in his second outing, and even if they weren't elite fantasy outings, were good, useful ones. We'd be singing an entirely different story. Oh, I don't from a care if he was throwing 98. I think the issue is he can't stay healthy. That's the issue. But, but you don't think we'd be singing a totally different story today? If, he, if, if this hadn't happened. 
Of course, but it did. He keeps getting hurt. <laughs> Just like the Scherzer injury, if it's an injury, if he keeps getting hurt, it has to affect our value scheme. Oh, with, without a doubt. I'm just saying that I think that the fact that this came up afterwards sure, that quickly is a huge red flag to me. I agree. Moving on, Joe Adele got the call. You wrote about it, uh, I guess, when, uh, Tuesday. Uh, but since then, we have found out Joe Madden is going to make him the everyday right fielder. He's got a platoon going of Justin Upton and Brian Goodwin, which would make me actually just dump Justin Upton off to a terrible start. So basically, Justin Upton's only going to face left-handed pitching now, which diminishes his value to nothing. But um, Adele is the everyday right fielder. It's very interesting to me. Um, I feel better about him since the call-up because now I was worried where he's going to play with Otani at DH. Now I'm not worried at all. He's going to be really good. Um, and I can't make a judgment based on one game of watching him hit. But your thoughts on Adele since then? Well, the one judgment I can have is he's quick, as I was expecting. And and frankly, I I just wasn't expecting it to be that much so. <laughs> or at least not so evident in the first game. Very wide range of possible outcomes for this year. There is a heck of a lot of swing and miss in this guy's game. Yes, yes. And that could be a huge problem for batting average. If he's not patient and doesn't draw walks, that could be a problem in all leagues, including the sabermetrics. Just be a little bit careful not to get carried away. But I love this guy's power upside, and I love this guy's speed upside. It's better than people think it is. It, it's upside that he didn't show in the minors. He didn't really decide. He didn't feel like running in the minors. Now, but that he was 30 mean, for 35. He, he was right. Effective. He was a good percentage-based stealer, but he was never a high-volume-based stealer. So I don't know if next season, over 150-plus games, if Joe Adele steals 25 bases or 9. That's the issue. And I don't know how to project him because I, I don't think he's going to steal 20 bases a year unless he feels like doing it. And I'm yeah, not I sure mean, any manager but, wants to push their guys to steal bases unless they're little guys. Right. You know, like I, I Joe Madden doesn't want trout running. The the goal here is you get a 30 homer and 15 steal guy. I mean, the, the first good, yeah. the first type of player, at least in the early stage of his career, I would have comped to I'm uh, Mike Cameron comes to mind. Batting average risk, lots of power, lots of speed potential, but probably Cameron ran more and Cameron ran a lot more. And I think Adele should hit for a better average. But okay, I can I can see the comp. I'm just I'm trying to think of a guy like that, but I, I think there's gonna be a lot of volatility game over game, but 3015 is your time. I, you know what? I uh, I don't want to say this guy's name. Oh uh, come on, but, do it. Well do it. I mean because I think he can steal enough bases to matter, but Ryan Braun to some degree, because I do think not the MVP Ryan Braun, but the Ryan Braun who was hitting 30 homers and stealing like 16 bases and still batting like 270. I could see that, but okay. Um, I, I see where you're going. They're not, that's, that's yeah, not I, I get why you didn't want to like, they're, they're not the same style of player. I do, I do think there's a, a general a greater quickness to Adele than there was to Braun, but I see your point statistically between the two. A greater quickness, but Braun also has like two. How many stolen? Two hundred stolen bases in his career. Um, moving Braun, on, another Braun was a very efficient steal base dealer too. He was, he was. Um, so a good on him for, as a prospect. Nick Madrigal, uh, a couple games into his pro career, is already out with a shoulder injury, and um, he should be back in about a month. But I'm not waiting for him in a mixed league. He already has no power whatsoever. He was not going to hit at the top of the lineup. I wrote about this. You, We talked about it on the last show. We don't need to delve too much into it. But Madrigal can hit, but he can only hit singles. So I have a problem. If, I, if I'm not going to if I'm not going to roster Malik Smith because he has no power, then how can I roster Nick Madrigal unless he's winning a batting title? 
If Madrigal and, and Luis Arise are winning batting titles, that's different. But he's not going to do that this season, and uh, now he's probably out three or four weeks at least, and he'll need shoulder surgery this offseason, so he's never going to develop power. I like Madrigal. I like watching Madrigal play. I think he's a lot of fun, and he's a gr- really good hitter. But for fantasy purposes, that's like a zero in home runs and RBI. So just be careful. And the other White Sox shoulder injury was Edwin Encarnacion. Let me ask you, are you dropping Edwin? It's only a week, and, um, you know, he hasn't hit at all. But people are going to say maybe that's because Edwin's done. Now, he wasn't done last year. He had 34 home runs in only 109 games. The batting average slumped. Yeah. Yeah. But if Edwin it's, – it's shoulder soreness. So he might be fine. But let me go through the first baseman here on the most added list and ask you, are you adding Renato Nunez or Christian Walker or Daniel Murphy or Luke Voigt and dropping Edwin right now? Voigt over Encarnacion, yeah. I But Voigt is the classic, you know, juice the orange type of player, and he's at that hot streak right now. The Yankees are generating runs, turning over the lineup. I'd go in that direction. The Encarnacion injury is very reminiscent to me of what happened last year when he did miss time, is that at his age, I started to worry about breaking down and recovery after activation. And in my mind, I'm going to go to those same questions now. I think I might drop him for Renato Nunez, Christian Walker, and Daniel Murphy at this point. I, I, I think don't I'd leave Murphy of... off, off the list. That's the only one I, mean, I disagree with you on. It's a, but I see your point. It's power upside, but not batting average. And he's going to miss some time, and he's older, so and he doesn't have course field like Murphy does. So fair enough. Um, we got to move it along. Let's do a closer carousel. You got something to sing on this? <laughs> Love it. Uh, oh, we before. All right. Let's, so this might take a while. So Roberto Asuna is probably going to need Tommy John surgery. And I got to thinking that maybe I'll write about this, but like think about the closers from drafts last month. I, I mean, how many of these guys are even pitching well that were top 10 closers? Sunya was a top five closer. Now he's done. Araldo still hasn't pitched. Ken Giles, DL, he might be done. Edwin Diaz, I don't know when his next save is coming. Uh, Kenley Jansen has been okay. Liam Probably Hendricks. not for a while. <laughs> Kirby Yates is, has not been perfect. Josh Hader not getting a lot of chances, but not all his fault. They haven't pitched. Brad Hand still looks like he is a closer, but Nick Anderson, I don't know. He saved the other the game last night, but that doesn't mean he's a closer. So, man, what a mess this is, a closer. Houston, I assume, goes Ryan Presley, but you got to – if you're in an AL only, Tristan, I know you are, you got to be concerned about Ryan Presley's health. Who is next in line after that, do you think? My guess still is Sice Need. Um, it could very well be a committee and the hot hand takes over that job. So I would throw a couple of bids at, at, uh, different individuals. Um, gosh, I, I listed the other two on the, it was, <laughs> well, you know who it might be now. Here's what I'm thinking. All right. And all right who, you, who have you got? Josh James just got sent out of the rotation for Brandon Bialak, who is younger. Brandon Bialak, I paid attention to him in a league where I drafted minor leaguers. And he looked okay. He didn't look like an ace, but maybe like a, a four or five starter. The fact that they're putting Bielak in the rotation and moving Josh James to the bullpen tells me they want Josh James to be the setup man. I think he goes right to the top of the list. That's my that's my my uh, prediction. And I've been okay on that. We'll get to the Cardinals in my prediction there. I think Josh James is next in line for Ryan Presley's saves. The stuff definitely Plays makes up. the case. 
yeah, that that I I absolutely agree with you from that aspect. But the control has been a major problem, and maybe managers are more comfortable throwing guys in there who have sketchy control. But that that does worry me a little bit. Yeah, the uh, Blake Taylor. I'm I'm thinking of my cousin Taylor. Last name Taylor. Yeah, Blake Taylor, the <laughs> um, lefty who's striking everybody out, and maybe he could get a chance. Um, it's just you know assume it's Ryan Presley for now. And Ryan Presley, by the way, doesn't he deserve like? a borderline top 10 closer ranking by us. Yeah. Like name 10 closers you'd rather have right now. I mean, Hader, Yates, Chapman, Hendricks, Jansen, Taylor Rogers, yeah. Brad hand. Maybe. Yes. I guess Brad hand, but not, I don't no. feel like I would 100%. definitely take Presley overhand. I think I I'd would take... too. Workman, Neris. I, I said... think this is a top 10 closer right now. How about that? You, you jump, uh, you said Jansen quickly in there, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. While you don't feel great about it, I, I, I still think we have to go in the direction. I, I, I yeah, you know what? It is tough to find ten guys to put ahead of him. It's really I tough. Mean, that's that's the story to me. Like that's what I wrote is that Ryan yeah. Presley, who's never closed before, I don't believe, is already because of the team and because there's nobody in that bullpen is a top ten closer now. Isn't that amazing? The, the Belak news. I, I like the fact that you tied the James note to the Belak news because that did puzzle me. It's why I couldn't remember who else there was. I would just keep a very careful eye on Houston right now. There's going to be a great opportunity for somebody. Fair enough. Other closer situations. I said a while ago that I thought Houston, St. Louis would move Kwang Yun Kim back to the rotation. And after a week, they did it. We don't know who the actual closer will be now. Could be Ryan Helsley. Giovanni Gallegos, Andrew Miller. Do you have a thought here on who gets the most saves? I still feel like ultimately it's going to be Gallegos getting the most. I like Helsley, though. Another case of hard thrower, not quite to the level of James. A little bit question about the control at times. Those are the two. I, I Like in NL only leagues, by all means, they have to both be rostered, period. Um, Nick Birdie's done. He's done for the season with an elbow injury and Cano Kayla will get the job back when he comes back. Doesn't know. We don't know when that's going to be. And I believe now in Texas, Rafael Montero is probably going to get activated off the injury list this weekend. And he, he might go right into the closer role. Isn't it ridiculous that Edinson Volquez became their closer right away? Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> Managers. What can we say? He said that might happen on he Monday. Mentioned he he specifically he mentioned Volkis's name. I am a Rafael Montero guy. If he is healthy, he looks anything like he did in the second half. When he comes back those first couple of outings, that's an absolute stash. Absolutely. Get, and, and by the way, don't wait. Get Rafael Montero right now. He can pitch Friday. He can close their Friday game. Yep. I, I really doubt Edinson Volquez, who pitched terribly on Wednesday, on Tuesday, on Tuesday night. I don't know what night it is. Um, I don't even know what month it is, apparently. Um, anyway, um, not a lot of people don't know what month it is. Don't worry. I just said March earlier today. So that was, that was good. Cubs is clearly Rowan Wick, by the way, although Kimbrough will get another chance and angels. I think Ty Buttry got the save on Tuesday, but it could be anybody on Wednesday. I I don't know why they, Madden doesn't give it to Buttry, but we'll see. Um, and isn't that enough on closers? We did one combo meal since our last show. And of course it's a guy who wasn't even on anyone's roster a week ago. Uh, it, <laughs> it's Josh Harrison, and I bet, say a hundred people listen to our show. I don't know; it could be less. 
I bet 95 of the 100 people did not know what team Josh Harrison was on. I really do. I bet, I bet most of the people in our <laughs> department don't know what, Josh, what team Josh Harrison is on. Yeah. I but wonder if Kyle all, knows what team Josh Harrison is on. We all remember him very well fantasy-wise from the past. So I feel like he's been in the combo meal. Oh, he, he was good like five years year. ago. It was five uh-huh. years ago. When was his last good season? It was a long time ago. Um, anyway, you don't need to add him in fantasy, but we need to point out all combo meals at the home run and a steal, and Josh Harrison did it on Tuesday, but it was against the Mets. Um, the last time Harrison was viable <laughs> was 20, 2017. Um, he had 16 homers, about a 270. What? Oh, but it was against the Mets. <laughs> well, you want to talk about your Yankees having a starting no. How about the Mets? I know. Hey, by the way, Josh Harrison, that was his fifth career combo meal, and he's done this as a player at four, at four different positions. That's hard to do. Yeah, that, he's done it as a left question? fielder. Yeah, I wish. No. Uh, left field, second base, third base, and right field. Uh, I won't give you the play Josh question. Harrison in right field. Like, honestly. That was I'm seeing 14, like 12. So I'm seeing these lineups, and like managers are batting their designated hitter in ninth. If you're batting your designated hitter in ninth, he shouldn't be your designated hitter. It shouldn't be your second catcher. It shouldn't be like your designated hitter is there because he hits. Okay. Like, why would you bat it? Like, or, or you don't have a good designated hitter option. Let's do trivia, trivia. All right. So Malik Smith has a bone to pick with you for uh, your comments about him earlier in the show. It's a stolen base themed show here, but I'm going to Luis Robert, who is at least as of the start of Wednesday's game, the American League leader in stolen bases with four, and he's one away from the major league lead. So a rookie could lead the majors in stolen bases this year. What I'd like you two to do is name the five players during the Roto era who led the majors in stolen bases as a rookie. Major league leader in stolen bases in their rookie season. Five players did this during the Roto era since 1980. I think I know a couple. You should know a couple. You should know a couple. Well, thank you. Okay. No need to embarrass me. Uh, we could come well, back I mean, to the answer if you want to, or, or you could guess now. Take your pick. No, I mean, I mean, Vince Coleman did it. Vince Coleman did it in 1985 with 110. Yes, Ricky did it. He, he did not. Ricky Henderson he did, did not. not do it. Pat Listash really? did it, right? He did not do it. Okay, then I'm one for three, so I stink. What do you got, Kyle? I got nothing. The rookie that leading the league in steals. I, I couldn't even. I don't think I could give you the stolen base leader from 2017. Period. Let alone a rookie doing it. He, he, Kyle's young enough to be the grandson of any of these players, so you know. I mean, Tim really Raines bad. might have done it. I, I, I Tim Raines did it in 1981. Well done with 71. Okay. Um, maybe this isn't as hard as I think. I mean, obviously, Malik's wasn't a rookie. Was Wit Merrifield a rookie? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, let me think about it. We'll answer it a little bit later. While Kyle's here, let's do the uh, hash browns. That's a good question. Oh, Ichiro. Ichiro. Ichiro did it. 2001, 56 stolen bases. And by the way, the National League's co-leader was also a rookie, and it was one of your players, one of your favorites. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Is that everybody? Nope. There's two more. 
Okay, two more that were rookies who led their league in stolen bases. There are okay. rookies who led the major leagues in stolen bases. There were 10 who major. led either league, the major leagues, five guys. And this is basically since like the mid-80s. Since okay. 1980. 1980, okay. All right, let me uh, let me chew on that. All right, what do you got? That's you're, You've gotten more than half. I'd say that's a pretty impressive showing thus far. Ryan has our first hash brown of the day. He wants to know if Yastrzemski can really hit over 300 this year. No, no, no. answer <laughs> <laughs> you've ever given in hash brown history, care to expand? Oh. Well, I mean, look, there's, there's a lot of scouts out there, I won't name names, who don't like Yastrzemski at all. Okay, he's a 29-year-old. He de- didn't debut into the majors until he was 28. Baltimore had no use for him. He was in AAA a really long time. He never really hit for average over a full season in the minors. He never hit for power. And right now, he this looks like a different player. He Doesn't he have as many walks as strikeouts? He's hitting for power. He's hitting for average. I have to assume there's a BABIP issue going on here. Um, he doesn't – I think next season, in 2021, I, I think Yastrzemski is better than, than scouts and people think. But if he played 150 games in 2021, I think he'd hit about 270 – give him 25 home runs, but, you know, that's about it. Now, that may not be special. The other day I said Dominic Smith would do that. So if Dominic Smith and and Mike Yastrzemski are the same for, for fantasy value, I mean, I, that's that's worth rostering, but it's not a star. So don't overrate him. Do you agree with what I just said? Yes. Um, and I, I like that we're giving him more credit than I think I see out there. Uh, he has made one key change. He's and, and this is a guy who has very good strike zone judgment. He's cut down his chase rate by 11% this season. And in fact, his number of 18%, which is ridiculously low, is 10th best among qualifiers. Small sample, of course, but that is a very promising thing to see if I'm going to pick from a small sample. I mean, part of the reason I wasn't a big fan of his after the 2019 season is he was pretty borderline average against right-handed pitching. 256, 321, 505 slug is good. But he wasn't getting on base against right-handers, and his work against lefties is probably something he can't continue to do. We've got a 329 against him with a, a million BABIP. So I, I view Yastrzemski as a usable part who would be bats 270 a year with 20 to 25 home runs, which is a lot more than anybody entering 2019 thought he was going to do. Nobody even thought about him then. So good for him. This He'll guy be a major really – For the next five years. He really crushes off-speed stuff, at least so far in the majors. Kind of surprised at how good those numbers are. I mean, I'm watching this Phillies game, and the broadcasters are saying that this pitcher is 50 points better so far. You're saying that about Johnny Lasagna. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's thrown three innings. Don't tell me what his batting average or OPS against is after three innings. Yeah, you want to you want to you want to throw the the Statcast metrics or you know throwing the chase sure. rate and stuff like that? Okay, you're talking about pitch specific stats, but batting average. <laughs> Well, I mean, after after you know facing fifteen batters, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I don't. I don't care what a batter with sixty at bats has for a batting average right now. Nope, nope. Uh, Yelich, if you can still trade for Christian Yelich, people, you do it. Do it. Even if it's ninety cents on the dollar, the dude's still Christian Yelich. But I mean, I should ask. I mean, uh, you know, maybe you don't agree. Would you? In your rankings, is Christian Yelich still in your top five? Yes. Isn't he in yours? He is, but if we're having this conversation in a week, don't we have to start thinking about it? 
Different story in a week because it's a season where we need to be a reactionary. And I need another name who I'm feeling more comfortable with. That's all. Trevor Story. If Trevor Story keeps doing what he's doing and Christian Yelich keeps doing what he's doing, I think we got to think about switching them. But I don't want to do it yet. Right, right. Milwaukee hasn't even had a full week of games. Don't worry right. about Christian Yelich. Don't worry about Acuna. Don't worry about Trout. You know, if you want to worry about Reese Hoskins because of what his second half, okay, I buy that. I'm watching him every game. He's t- he's not that good. He's just walking. That leads into our next question. Well, if you want, we got some rapid fire rest of season. Yandy Diaz versus Reese Hoskins. <laughs> I mean, there I would still take. I would still. I would still take Hoskins there. Because I'm not quite sure still what Diaz is and whether he, whether he will continue to get the at-bats. Like, right? I mean, they, they still have a lot of people there. And I still think, and I might be the only one in this country who thinks it, but I still think they're bringing up that kid to play third base. If they're in the race in mid-September, and they will be, and they need a third baseman, Yanny Diaz and Reese Hoskins have almost identical numbers. The only thing they're doing is walking. They're not knocking in runs. They're not getting extra base hits. That's weird. They have almost the exact same lines. More walks in days. Not hearing pro Hoskins here. It's just anti-Diaz more than anything. I'm not pro either. Um, I, I, I think that – I think Hoskins was clearly hurt last season. Okay. But I still think Hoskins has a better chance to get to what we expect than Diaz. I, I don't know if Diaz is a top 200 fantasy option. Hoskins should be. Right? That's a good way of putting it. Yes. I am pro both these players. I like them both. Especially based I still on like Diaz. Anybody who has nine stri- nine walks and five strikeouts knows what they're doing. He's done nothing else outside of that. That's the only positive we've got for him because Yandy Diaz's case was the high level of hard contact he hit before the trade to the Rays and the fact that he was lifting the ball last year and he's doing neither of these. His hard contact rate is down more than 10%. He's hitting the ball on the ground more than 70% of the time so far. That's got to improve. And it could when we get out of the small week. sample thing. But in a standard a week, mix. That's not good. That's not what he did last year. Oh, oh I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, if you're in a standard mix, I'm not sure I roster either of these guys right now. If you told me that I could pick up Kyle Seeger, um, Gio Urshela, Renato Nunez, I'm looking at the most out of this for corner infielders, um, Ryan McMahon, Luke Voigt, I think I might pick them all up over both Diaz and Hoskins. I'm not sure I would do it with Colin Moran. Hanser Alberto, by the way, looks like a 300 hitter who scores runs to me. Mm-hmm. I, I like Hanser Alberto. I really do. Anyway. Voight and Nunez I'm on board with. We keep mentioning those two names. They need to be rostered. Voight and, yeah, Voight and Nunez should be over Voight Hoskins and Diaz right now. And even still taking that out of the conversation, they need to be rostered, period. They're first baseman at a weak spot. Like, we're first base is not rich in talent these days. No, it's not. And Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt's upside is a top 10 first baseman. Luke Voigt could be Jose Abreu. Mm-hmm. He got or sidetracked Goldsmith. by injuries last year. Exactly. Luke, Luke Voigt is a monster who hits ball, baseballs hard. And, I mean, I said Goldschmidt, but that's because I assume Goldschmidt doesn't steal bases. Or I don't even know when the Cardinals are playing again. By the way, late, last latest your latest thoughts here on Mar- on Cardinals. I, I, I sat them off for the week if I, if I could. But, you know, it's just I don't want to guess who the next team is to have an outbreak. I hope no team is. I hope the players are figuring out that they can't go to casinos and nightclubs. Stop doing that 
you're endangering their sport and everybody. But the point is, did like, they, did they the confirm, Cardinals... Did they, I, I didn't think they confirmed that, though, but... They confirmed both, but they but the teams refused to admit that's what did it. Because, of course, they have to say that. But, anyway, I hope, the, that's I hope players are being smart. And, yeah, hopefully they're going to do better with that. And I think the new rules on the road are going to help, at least. They should they, they have three games. Three games scheduled for this weekend. We'll see if they get played. I, I did avoid them wherever I could in my leagues. And by the way, Tommy Edmonds is going to be the shortstop now that Paul DeYoung goes on the injured list. And that's interesting because that adds eligibility, right? He was just third base outfield. Now he's going to add middle infield once he, he plays five games. Field? You're right. He did, did not he? have shortstop. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember if he had second base. Uh, maybe in one of my leagues he, he got second base. He got second base. Okay. Hey, look. All right. Well, yeah, he does have so, – so he'll add shortstop. He already had middle infield. Oh, but. All right. That's something interesting potentially for next year. I mean, if he's eligible at three infield spots next year, that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I, it's going to be tough for anybody to get three spots, though. Right, it's going to be tough. So they need last ten year, games. Twenty-nine games, second, fifty-five at third. Nothing at shortstop, but he can play short. The question is, will he hit like he did last year? All right, next. Right. We're going to keep going with this rest of season thing. You mentioned Kyle Seager, him or Josh Donaldson. How can that be a reasonable question? I guess the only way that could be a reasonable question is if Donaldson goes on the injured list, which still could happen, right? Um, is a calf injury, and I'm not trying to belittle the person who asked the question. I don't mean to be like that. What I'm saying is it's almost like the Yastrzemski question. Isn't it obvious that you would want Josh Donaldson? He's a better player. Seager is doing well so far, and Donaldson isn't, but I can't do that. And and, for, and people are dropping Donaldson, obviously, which is not doesn't seem like smart to me. He's still rostered in more than ninety three percent, so not not a lot of people. But here's the deal on Kyle Seager, people. Yes, six walks, four strikeouts. That's great, but he's not a three seventeen hitter. He's a two fifty seven career hitter. We know his baseline, okay, for power and batting average. So when this now the BABIP is not overly high, it's three twenty four, but no, no. No, it's a good way of saying it. Yeah, at least Seager is finally not doing that whole thing where he was just trying to hit everything into the air and pull it. Um, by the way, with Donaldson, and I mentioned this before the year league switcher. He was just—I mean, granted, it's one year in the NL, but he's coming over to a new situation. It's seven games. Can we forgive him the fact that maybe he's just adapting to a new division that, frankly, wasn't playing in before? He's facing competition. He's probably not. He's facing lesser competition. But, but he's but the, probably but the, not facing guys that he's been familiar with. It's seven games. I think I'd forgive him a seven-game slump. Wasn't he in the NL two, AL two years ago? I mean, like he was. I, but but again, I, he's I, switching no. a situation. I, I yeah, but so you have to say it as he switched teams, not switched leagues, because now the leagues are exactly the same. They both have DHs. They both have no relief pitching. So to me. No. I would disagree it, it, with that. It's it's still a league switch. For it's it's different for another player who played the entirety of their career in the National League and then comes over to the American League, like, like the Pools thing. And when Pools came to the American League, he did not hit initially. It took about thirty games before he could finally click. This I is a situation you. of a guy changing teams this year. It's a week he didn't hit. Are you are you taking Seager over Donaldson? Not a chance. Okay. Not That's a chance. Easy. It's not even close. Do, do you have him even close? No. I don't even have Seager ranked, probably. I, I just can't. 
I can't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do actually think I do actually think we should be ranking Kyle Seager. Okay, well maybe that's fair, um, but I, you know, at the back end, I mean, I guess we're ranking Yandy Diaz and Reese Hoskins. We probably should rank Kyle Seager because I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kyle Seager has more value this season than Reese. I'm not trying to be mean to Reese Hoskins, but Reese Hoskins in 2021 in 150 plus games to me is a 30 homer, two 250 hitter. Well, Kyle Seager's probably a 260, 25 home run hitter. It's not much of a difference. So Fair. I, I, I think I could probably say if I have if I have Reese Hoskins ranked 175 now, yeah, all right, I'll put Seager around there. That's fair. Yeah. It's fair. Why would you why would a person rank Hoskins over Seager? It's because maybe Hoskins figures it out and in a 162 game season he gets 45 home runs. And Seager won't do that. That's the only reason why. I, I hate to already like give up on Reese Hoskins, but you know he's not 23, and I, he hit like 17 of those home runs as a rookie in his first month, and then he didn't. I, I don't know. I just I don't think he's special. I I think Alec Bohm is the Phillies' first baseman full time in 2022. Well, well, no, now that there's a DH, I guess they could do. Look, if Hoskins keeps walking, there's a lot about Reese Hoskins. If he keeps taking walks, he's a valuable player. If he bats 250, 370, 490, that's still a valuable player with no defense ability. But anyway, anyway, any other questions? Here we got two more quick ones here. The other one was the end of the rapid fire. Kyle Lewis versus Tyasker Hernandez. Um, that's kind of interesting because aren't they pretty similar? <laughs> um, that is right? a good question. That's a really good question. Mercer's own Kyle Lewis. It's or is it Ryder? I, I always make that. I always figure that. I got to figure it out which one it is. Um, because they're both New Jersey, right? Um. I think it's Kyle Lewis. I like what he's done so far, and I like the fact that he's he's, still, he's striking out way too much. But it looks like he at least he can take a walk. He's swinging at the right pitches. Um, it's Mercer. Mercer College. Um, Teoscar has a lot of power. I don't think either of these guys are batting better than 260. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I guess they're actually more similar than I think, because if I gave them each a full season in 2021, I refuse to project anything for 2020 because it's 50 games. But um, in 2021, I would probably project Kyle Lewis to hit, I'll give him 30 home runs with a 250 batting average, but Teoscar is probably around the same, isn't he? Kind of, yeah. We're simply talking the rest of this year. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna ride with the 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 wider range player in Kyle Lewis. I I'll who, tell you. I, who would you? Well, I mean, it's not just this year. I, I want to know who you would take next year too. I don't know. I I think it's Kyle Lewis. But if you had asked me that ten days ago, I wouldn't have said that. I think the smart money for this year and next year combined is Teoscar Hernandez. It probably I, is. We're overrating Kyle Lewis based on a week of games, Tristan, aren't we? We are. It's. Look, he's got great power upside. The raw power is immense, but there are a lot of other raw parts of his game. <laughs> and I don't mean I don't I don't mean to use the raw power and then say rawness in the rest of his game. They are very different things here. He has a lot of swing and miss. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Last question comes from Pat. He wants to know what offenses you're most excited to stream against. He's a Pirates fan and can't imagine there's an offense worse. <laughs> got a point yeah that's that's a bad offense i wrote about them the other day and said that i'm giving up i hate to give up on brian reynolds after one burt reynolds after one week but 
I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, they're not hitting. There's nothing to drive in. You're not dropping. You're not dropping Josh Bell. But if Yastrzemski or Teoscar or Jacoby Jones are out there, I'd probably pick them all up for Brian Reynolds. Um, you know, I think you have to. So streaming. Let me just like make sure here which you teams want- are. I'll give you the bottom five in runs per game as of this very moment. Number okay. one is the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, Number two is streaming the, Arizona, the Arizona Diamondbacks are two. The Toronto Blue Jays are third. The Pittsburgh Pirates are fourth. And the Texas Rangers are fifth. And by the way, right after them is the Washington Nationals. It's an Which odd year. Tells you, that tells me nothing, Tristan. That tells me that it's way too early to even answer this question. Exactly. I, I think... Because I see in the top, in the I'm sorry, the bottom ten in runs per game, and therefore the top ten of what we were just saying, the Royals are there, the Orioles are there, the Tigers are right outside of their twentieth overall in runs per game. I see situations by which these teams fall. The Marlins, I know, is a very you know, it's a a feel good story having them win yesterday with a shutout, but I still think that offense is going to be one of the lesser ones and one to stream against. Let's briefly go through the schedule here because Thursday is Tyler Chatwood Day, and we know how much Kyle loves him. But you know what? Everybody loves him right now. Two great starts. Now he's at Kansas City. He's a must-start, right? I mean, he's, he's not even a streamer. He's a must-start until he stops. Audio Hall of Fame. I'm flipping it, taking it to the Audio Hall of Fame. We can stop the podcast now. I just wanted to see how long I could get before you said Tyler <laughs> Chatwood is a must-start. I don't even care if he pitches well. The fact that you said it, Makes this whole shortened season worth it. Kyle, you said it. You said it. We're done. I get to go up my ice cream. I'll see you guys later. There it is. Later, I, don't Tristan, think, I don't think I said that because it was you. I think it's it's fair to say it in a general sense. He's he's pitched great twice, and he's facing the Royals. And if you ask me about the to bottom five offenses, I don't care where the Royals rank per game. They're one of the bottom five offenses, for sure. They are, it's, they are in that list. They are 23rd. Pittsburgh, Royals, Seattle probably still. By the way, Eric, I'm sure you remember what I said about the circumstances at Kansas City. We had this discussion last week. What was that? Bad park for homers. Good news for Chatwood. I think think you have to add Chatwood for this outing until something bad happens, and I'm not sure anything will. Maybe he just fixed everything that was wrong with him. Nate Pearson at Atlanta. I think that's a must-start, too. Atlanta will hit, eventually. Acuna and Freeman are too good. But, you know, Nate Pearson's a monster. You gotta, you should be adding him over a lot of these other pitchers. Maybe not the Cleveland ones, but you should be adding him. Um, ESPN Plus has Kyle Freeland uh, at the Rockies at home on Thursday afternoon. On Friday night, Kyle Wright, who has been wrong so far, in Philadelphia against Vince Velasquez, who's rarely right. You do not want either of these starting pitchers. I'm just telling you right now. Um, anybody, are you worried about Blake Snell? He's at home against the Yankees. Not hasn't pitched well so far. I am. Yes. Just based on what the Yankees have been doing now, granted it's a big ballpark swing to have the Yankees in Tropicana field compared to Yankee stadium. But if Snell's not giving me the volume in addition to the fact that he's not that elite individual, he was two years ago. Yeah. He's on the sidelines for me. Um, Matthew Boyd at Pittsburgh on Friday. I know he's on the most drop list, but he really shouldn't be. That's just my, my take. He should be dropping Matthew Boyd. Agreed, but does the I got to take a look at this in this weird year? But does the long gap in between outings hinder a pitcher like Matt Boyd? I I would chance it. I I think he has a good game. I would use him against against Pittsburgh. Is there any offense you'd rather use a pitcher against? And 
And that's um, another case of going to the right ballpark, Pittsburgh. Alec Mills on the most out of list, ESPN Plus Saturday night at the Cardinals. We hope that game gets played. We hope the series gets played. But it, it sounds like things are progressing with the Cardinals. They're just going to have to do a Marlins and replace you know 50% of their roster, or actually 80% of their roster. But um, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now on Saturday afternoon at Tampa. Wow, that's a fun one. Yep. I want to see that now game. They, now they could shuffle it up because it's the doubleheader day. But right. that's the fact that the two of them are pitching, I'll just watch. I'll just watch the whole darn doubleheader if I need to. <laughs> and I'm, I'm interested to see what Framber Valdez of Houston does. It's at Oakland, so not the easiest opponent, and they hit lefties. But um, mm-hmm. Framber Valdez looks like he. Framber Valdez is a lefty, right? I think he's interesting. Um, Sunday night baseball on ESPN is Kyle Hendricks. A lot of Kyles on this show, man. Kyle Hendricks at St. Louis. <laughs> we don't know the St. Louis pitcher yet. ESPN Plus earlier in the day has Christian Javier of uh, Houston at Oakland against Jesus Lazardo. So that's interesting right there. Jesus Lazardo, man, he's, he's one of those guys. That's a great match. Yeah, that's a good game to watch. That's a good scouting game to watch. Um, we should answer the another one question. I put on my list, by the way. Spencer Turnbull and Joe Musgrove on Sunday. That's another one I want to watch just to see how those two do. And uh, Bieber, his fourth outing at the White Sox on Sunday afternoon. I mean, he's pitched great so far. He, yeah. if he, in a, in a week, if Bieber has done this twice more, I might have to move him into. Let's assume. Well, I mean, original top five starting pitchers, Verlander and Scherzer, they're out. Um, so, is Bieber a top five fantasy starting pitcher right now? Has to be, right? I think so. I think Isn't he over Walker Bueller right now? Oh yeah. He's over oh Kershaw. yeah. It's not there's over actionable, Trump. there's actionable, actionable advancement by Bieber. I mean, he had like, this is the thing. What I love about Bieber is that he continues to work on improving himself, added a new pitch, much more effective. In fact, I might say he's the number three starter after Colin DeGrom right now. Uh, he and Bueller are three, four in the majors right now. Hmm. I mean, now we don't know if Scherzer's hurt. It, he, we'll find out later night after the show, but, right, right. and Jack Flaherty will pitch. I assume again if the Cardinals play, but yeah, yeah, Jake that's Bieber is oh, a top five. Flaherty versus pitcher. Bieber. Flaherty versus Bieber that? is a, a good one. <laughs> All right, um, let's answer your trivia question. Uh, what was the question okay. again? So yes, that was. The, I would like you to name the five rookies who, in that year, led the majors in stolen bases. Major League leader in stolen bases as a rookie, five players. You have gotten Vince Coleman, Tim Raines, and Ichiro. There are two more of them, and I'm really disappointed in you both if you don't get one of them. Uh, really, really disappointed. Is Juan Pierre one of them? Juan Pierre is not one of them. We have mentioned the name of one of these individuals on the show today. Really? Yes. Okay. And Kyle, I'm lumping you in too. I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, and you no, can't I, name I him. thought that. Usually you're only disappointed in me if the answer is like Tyler Chatwood or Rick Porcillo. I don't think either one of those is the right answer. <laughs> you can crop those off the list there. Yeah, we have mentioned this individual at some point on the show today. Okay. Um, the last one's tough. I might have to just give it to you. Really, really tough. <laughs> I mean, not, not Malik Smith. Not Malik Smith. Uh, that was how this question started, right? We should place a call to our good friend Ron Chandler. He oh, might Trout? know the answer. Mike Trout oh, is correct. Forty nine. Uh, you know what? Because I don't think of his rookie season as his rookie. He, what was he? One at bat short. Okay, fair. Yeah, well, first year. 
<laughs> it's like the Scott Rowland thing in 97. Wait a second. Was Mike Trout actually a rookie? On the list I had of qualifiers for this trivia question, Mike Trout. He had 135 uh, plate appearances as a rookie. Not first year. Appearance. It's not played appearance. It's at bats. What are we doing? You know, baseball just picks and chooses. Okay. And the hard one, give me some hint on that. I mean, I would have guessed trap, but you I didn't probably think of actually I would be almost certain that you had this infielder on one of your ESPN classic teams. He was a switch hitter. And he played in the nineties. A switch hitter? I would I'm certain you took this player on one of those teams. He was so much your type of player. High on base percentage, switch hitting uh, infielder in the 90s. Okay. Um, I, yeah. uh, he only played two years for this team. The next year was his last year for this team. He also played for them. Uh, well, he, I, I could tell you the teams. but <laughs> Switch hitting outfielder? who Infielder. Not Tony Womack. No, he was not a switch hitter. He's lefty. Okay. This player lost to the Yankees in the 1998 World Series. He was on the losing team. The Padres? Yep. Not the year he set the record, or that he led the league. He was involved in a trade with Wally Joyner, Reggie Sanders, Brett Boone, Ryan Kalesko, and Jason Scheel. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think he was even on that Padres team. I'll tell you, you're not going to get Wally Joyner, um, Greg Vaughn, Tony Gwynn, Kilvio Varis. Kilvio Varis is the name. He that's, did it. Oh, that's impossible. He did it in 56, 1995. Yeah. That, that, the show's over. That, that's impossible. <laughs> Kilvio Varis. I challenge anybody who's listening to this show, since we took so long to get to the answers, did anybody get Quilvio Varis right? <laughs> I I gotta say I doubt it, man. That's a tough one. That is tough. <laughs> you got the other four though. Those are the ones you should be getting. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, thank you so much. That has been the fantasy focus baseball for Wednesday night slash Thursday morning, August fifth and sixth. We're going to continue doing this in August until they tell us to stop, and they told us to do this. So um, this is baseball season. We're talking baseball. We'll keep doing it as long as we can. Thank you so much for listening and get your next hash browns in for our next show on Sunday night, which we'll be doing during Sunday night baseball for Tristan H. Cockroft and Kyle Sapi and Kilfio Veris. I, America, will have an awesome weekend.